Hello and welcome to Beyond Business with Wärtsilä, a podcast series that goes above the realms of strategy and operations and seeks to find solutions to our global problems. I'm your host Atte Palomäki, and on a regular basis I'll be talking to experts in their field about how we can together make a real difference. The idea behind each episode is to discover how businesses, thought leaders and experts can rally together and use their experience, intelligence, forethought and honesty to facilitate true and tangible change. The shipping industry is responsible for approximately 2% of global greenhouse emissions. While it is a small percentage, there is a massive opportunity to curb emissions and thus to limit global warming. Now we need to see a clear step change towards carbon neutrality in the maritime sector. The zero emission energy distribution at sea or ZEEDS, a two-year collaborative initiative, can help to change the system. Matt Duke, CEO of Grieg Maritime Group, and Kenneth Simonsen, senior VP at Aker Solutions, have been involved from the very start with Wärtsilä and have joined us today to discuss the pathway to clean shipping. Gentlemen, a warm welcome to you both. Thanks very much. Nice to be here. So Matt, can you please tell us a little bit more about ZEEDS and what the initiative is really aiming to achieve? Well, like you said, it's some years ago now, and it was very much Vatsila who approached us in Grieg and other industry actors looking for partners that would explore the fastest route to zero emissions shipping. We know that, as you said, shipping is close to two, three percent of the world's carbon emissions, which is millions of tons of CO2, and it will take teamwork to achieve it. So I suppose you can say SEEDS is a classic UN Sustainable Development Goal number 17, Partnerships from the Goals project. The ZEEDS collaboration has gathered different players in the ecosystem, from energy producers to ship owners and technology providers. Kenneth, how did you get involved with ZEEDS and uh, what is Arke Solutions bringing to the table? So starting out, this was very much an initiative where Batchela invited us into it. And Matthew linked it to the UN Sustainability Goals. And, you know, if you can call one of those my favorite, it's exactly that industry collaboration. So all the founding partners of the Vashla initiative brings different things to the table, representing different angles and different skill sets, if you like. And from an Arco Solutions perspective, being able to see new solutions, maybe using some some known, some new technologies, integrating them into a totality. That's really what we as a supplier bring to the table. And one of the things that we have uh, contributed with in the, in the SEEDS initiative. And Matt, what is GRID's contribution to the SEEDS collaboration? That's actually quite an interesting question. If it's, it's developed at the very beginning, I would say that our Our role was to be a ship owner and a ship manager. So in many ways, you could say we were, we were sort of there to be the customer, you know, who needs to use this new type of fuel, for example. So I think we were there to evaluate the business viability of these ideas. But as the project has developed, and I must say that a an unexpected side effect of, of seeds has been a huge amount of enthusiasm and dedication and time 
from very, very capable partners uh, without any concrete top or bottom line uh, performance goals or anything like that, but just purely trying to work out how can we make a difference? How can we, we make this line? So as, as things have progressed, I think Grig has started to use our technology team or our vessel architects looking to design the sorts of ships that could be viable here. We've been using our business development, looking at even the production and supply of green fuels, you know, so trying to use the wider grid network with the aim of what are the moving parts you have to have in place in order to operationalize the shift to these new green fuels. Yeah, to build on that, I must say that on the Varsila perspective, we've really highly appreciated how the partnership has given us all a completely new position in the value chain where the co-creating the future solutions together is being done in a very effective way both within the industry and together with governmental bodies and this again you know for us as a company it's given us completely new insights on the market needs and helped us focus on our research and development efforts and to do that with concrete pilot partners so this really speeds up the new green solutions entering the market. And an important part of the journey has been to envision a new clean energy supply ecosystem. To have ships operating on emission-free fuels, we need to scale up the clean and green energy production. So in your opinion, when will we be seeing first concrete results of this? I think we can say there are contours in the shipping industry in this change. And we believe that there are huge possibilities with hydrogen and ammonia but they aren't actually fully tested yet as proven ship fuels. So there are many aspects to how to solve this, but one of them is to be bold and to to try. So together actually with Vozilla, we're designing the world's first green ammonia-fueled tank ship for ammonia transportation, where we use green ammonia both as a, a fuel, but also as the cargo. And we're planning on, on launching that ship in, in 2024. And, and we think that's a concrete way to prove uh, our ideas. We will show that it is a viable fuel and we will do that together with partners on a small scale initially. Now, getting the whole fleet, the whole world's fleet over onto these fuels will take time. We don't have the infrastructure in place. We don't have the production of the fuels in place. Uh, we're not bunkering these fuels yet. And we won't do for some time. So it's a complicated puzzle. So then the question is, well, what what has to come first? Should we wait for the infrastructure to be in place or should we wait for the uh, ships to be built? Well, I think the answer is that we will be doing both in parallel on a small scale. But if we want a paradigm shift here, if we want this to get traction, then carbon rich fuels like oil and gas are going to have to be more expensive or we're going to have to be incentivized to make the change. And Kenneth, what are the expectations on results from the Arctic perspective? Well, in order to have a ammonia-driven ship, uh, you need to have uh, ammonia produced. And then in order to create a real interest for ammonia-driven ships, you will actually need to envisage that you will have uh, ammonia production at scale at some junction. Now, I'm uh, must say, <laughs> impressed by Grieg and Vatsila because they're taking a leap of faith in a way, really believing in, in ammonia. From our side, our, the our solution side, we, we see that, you know, production of ammonia, that is in itself a business opportunity for us. 
We can support providers of hydrogen, ammonia, or other hydrogen-related products and setting up their production facilities, handling all the logistics, storage, uh, distribution, and, and, and so on. So that's, that's uh, a concrete business opportunity for us. And uh, I think we will shortly move away from a phase where you are asking for one piece of electrolyzer, but you want so and so many megawatts of fuel. And that's where we think we can play a role, making that possible. Well, this description from both of you, it really you know, sounds quite impressive. So thinking big and the business opportunities start to emerge. But at this time, the Deeds partners, they've divided this collaboration effort into different work streams to make it more concrete. So could you perhaps explain a bit more in depth on, on what one wants to achieve and uh, how this all moves ahead in practice? Yeah, I can give it a go. Please fill in, Matt. I mean, we, we, we're five founding partners, all with a strong foothold in the Nordic countries. As we move along, when we first present the seeds as a total ecosystem, so much interest. We gain so much interest from the public, from various NGOs, industrial players, potential customers. And we see that, you know, we need to define a set of sub-work streams to uh, really realize some of these opportunities. But that's where we can invite additional partners on specific work streams because they have knowledge maybe beyond what the, the five founding partners have and which will be needed. So just building on that industrial collaboration. So I foresee several new initiatives spinning out of seeds where we develop ideas together with even more partners with in-depth knowledge of specific fields. It's clear that one of the unexpected benefits, even though we have our own work streams, was that putting some of the best engineers from our different founding partners' companies also in itself has led to ideas and creativity that I believe will, will really drive our industry moving forwards because there hasn't been so much crossover between these people before. So it's actually quite organic too. And, you know, often the best ideas come from within an organization. Such projects, they often tend to lose steam after a while because of lack of funding and true tangible results. Well, we've been hearing about the tangible results here, quite impressive on that front. But uh, could you elaborate where the funding has come from so far and uh, to reach the results, what kind of investment is needed to realize all these visions? The most important investment initially is time, competency. You have to take the leap of faith that you will get some kind of funding or some kind of investment, but you need to have the investment in people. And they're not the people that you want to take out of different roles because they're the best people you have often, right? They're the ones that have the technical competency or the business development knowledge in order to make this uh, fly. So starting with the investment ourselves of people, and then quite soon afterwards for us with our first tangible projects, MS Green Ammonia, We got a, a very generous funding from the Pilot E scheme, which is the Norwegian green funding scheme, which has made it possible to fund the team and some of the research and development with our partners, uh, Vatsila, so that we don't have to take a loss in this first initial stage. And once we have a concept, we will then need to get investment. 
But my impression is that solid, sustainable, green investment opportunities that have a business case, that have technology that's proven, tested, and customers that need the product or service we're selling, there is capital available. And actually, capital is moving towards this type of green, sustainable opportunities. One idea stemming from Zeeds is this string of pearls of clean energy hubs to supply shipping with fuel, and that being a potential answer to a huge global problem. So if this succeeds, it could possibly be a real game changer for the industry. So in order to make that happen, what type of roadblocks need to be surpassed to make the vision come to life? I guess there's, well, I wouldn't call them uh, definite roadblocks, but there are certainly uh, hurdles that needs to be passed. There are several technology pieces that needs to be tested at scale, including production of ammonia. I wouldn't say it's an unsurmountable hurdle. It will just require some time. One of those hurdles is, of course, the relative cost to existing fuel types and the fact that the current vessel fleet is based on heavy oil. So there will be a transition phase. I think beyond technology, we will need to see the cost of hydrocarbons or emissions increasing for in order to those prices to meet in a way and make it a commercially viable because you can't only rely upon visionary frontrunners. I think that's important. And by the way, I do see that happening as we speak. I mean, the CO2 taxes are increasing, prices for quotas are increasing. So there there is a move in that direction. Certainly. If we look into the future, as we've heard, having this type of cooperation and a shared vision, it's so valuable in terms of uh, getting the needle to move and to create something together. But within this project, also new partners have been brought in. So how have you managed to get the different players that you've brought in to pull together in the same direction without this leading into a scenario of having too many cooks and thus a soup that's not so good? I think one part is having a concrete and uh, distinguishable projects with clear roles and agreements. So we develop different parts of the totality towards the same vision. So right from the very beginning, I would say just good project portfolio management is very important. But a side effect of the fact that for very many of us, this is not our core industry. This is us trying to look to the edge, trying to find how can we make changes that will deliver on the environmental ambitions the world has and needs to reduce global warming. That means that we've built a team spirit, a trust, a closeness. And it seems to me that when the team are working together with seeds, they feel very much like they are part of the same team working for the same goal. And they understand the different actors have the different interests in this type of thing. But at the end of the day, we're all in it for the same reason, which is to try and make a difference to deliver on the purpose of accelerating the journey for zero emissions. And that in itself is a very, very powerful thing to get people to work well together. And it's this um, diversity of the team that they're not looking for the technology, they're looking for the problem. It's about what are the right scale environmental challenges that we can find that then we can apply technology to. 
Um, so that's where you get this great mix of business development, of infrastructure expertise, of the shipping, of the ship lanes that might be relevant. It's, it's a really uh, powerful team, that's for sure. Gentlemen, this brings me to my final question. You referred to the public-private partnership earlier. In your mind, what is the right balance of responsibility between companies and policymakers? So I think I touched on this a little bit earlier with de-risking with the Pilot E application. We have received a significant amount of funding already for the research, development, project management. And we will be relying on that type of partnership because we know that developing carbon neutral fuels and infrastructure is something the world needs and it is expensive and it's not profitable in the beginning and it is in the interest of the entire planet that we do this so it's too risky for most companies to just take that gamble purely on their own capital so it needs to be a global collaboration and funding is part of that the customer commitments for solving their problems is part of that and us investing some of our own capital as a ship owner is part of that so i don't think we'll see success in these first spearhead projects without a significant degree of, of green funding and i think it's very natural because these are technologies and and skills that will both solve issues for the planet but also make jobs so So I think there's a win-win here, but we do need to de-risk it. That would be the perspective, I think, from our side. I'm not sure how you look at it. Mm, no, I would like to echo that. Uh, I think private companies, small and large, will be a part of the solution. I mean, we have so many strong engineers and operators across these companies, and that they will be part of the solution. But it will need to be in a balance between authorities and the private sector and then i think us coming out of the nordic region where there is a history of collaboration and in a technology intense region but still fairly small and contained gives us an excellent test arena for these kinds of technologies and just as one example one of the first ones providing funds to the seeds initiative was indeed the nordic council and that's because we have uh, companies involved representing uh, all of the nordic countries and you know spearheading technologies here so super exciting uh, balance between companies and and authorities Well, gentlemen, that brings us to the end of this hugely enlightening conversation about innovating for the benefit of the planet. Kenneth and Matt, thank you so much for going beyond business with us today. It's really been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much for having us. It's been a great pleasure and lovely to see you again, Kenneth. Look forward to seeing you in the next Seeds meeting. You too. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and stay tuned for more discussions on pressing issues that we all must care about. I'm your host Atte Palomäki and today we went beyond business.